Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Hierophant. Today's show will focus on the lovers, Odysseus and Penelope. Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth Tarot Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Vidi, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Hello everyone. Hello. Welcome back. So today we get to talk about a card that uh, disrupts all of the structure and uh, belief systems that were set up by the hierophant no <laughs> i like structure i know well sometimes sometimes it works out with within the structure but oftentimes it might uh throw everything you thought you knew upside down and that is of course the lovers which totally makes sense because <laughs> love will throw everything out the window exactly you're all like oh I th- i'm just going around and i think i know my life and then all of a sudden boom love boom boom love boom love (laughs) boom chicka boom i'm sorry (laughs) okay okay uh yes so um there's a lot to talk about with the lovers there's a lot to talk about i wanted to make a small announcement about fate Mm. um and kind of introduce there's there's quite a few cards about fate but the lovers is kind of the first one that talks about fate and about how, you know, there might be something in store for you that you didn't have planned. Um, uh, Because up to this point, we've got the fool, which is all about following your heart um, and, and, you know, acting on impulse. And then you've got the magician, which is about carving your ideas coming forth. You've got the high priestess, um, you have, the empress, the emperor, the hierophant, these are all cards that are very powerful and that talk a lot about like making making your life your own, right? And then suddenly you have the lovers, which um, normally will come forth as a choice, mm. right? It normally presents itself as a choice, but almost always it's a choice that has to do with love or matters of the heart and spirit <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's it's normally a very difficult choice because it it's a choice that comes forth and that we hadn't really planned on on having. So that lives. how fate kind of comes into it. Then? Yeah. Exactly. So it's like this idea of like you've got fate presenting itself a new opportunity um, that you didn't even realize was happening. It's not so much this creating your own fate concept that of all the cards that we had before okay it's more like oh you know your life might have things in store for you that you didn't plan for Mm. so would you say the tarot is definitely has like those fate aspects or like that you can change your fate yes okay so that's what i want to talk about exactly um so you've got you've got a lot of things happening um but as a tarot card reader um it's generally the idea like there's a lot of times where we talk about the future, um, about what happens if you stay on this path, but it's always the if you stay on this path. Mm-hmm. Um, when, as a tarot card reader, um, 
you can always change your fate. As soon as you see it as a possibility, or as even as soon as you've seen the future, you've already changed the future just by knowing it's going to be there. Mm, okay. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I personally, from what I know about mythology, is very different. Um, so the lovers does talk about um, fate a little bit by saying, you know, things might not not necessarily be all as expected and all as planned. And we'll definitely talk more about fate and some more of the mm-hmm. more fate-related cards. But I wanted to talk about how, like, as a tarot card reader, um, I'll give the person a reading, and sometimes uh, the future might never come to pass because the person chose to change that future. Right. They chose to change their path. Um, and or that often happens. Or even if you're if you're looking for it, you can be like, oh, I don't really want this to happen, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to do that. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> and that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Of, um, the helpful helpfulness of the tarot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I want I want you to talk a little bit more about fate in mythology, yeah. Betty, fate, so we can draw a contrast. <laughs> it's definitely contrasting because yeah. I would say almost the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. So in mythology, fate or the fates are actually gods <laughs> and goddesses. <laughs> Which makes sense. I think we'll see it as we go along to that. They they definitely like to have these, these almost like esoteric ideas. They just turn them into gods <laughs> or physical yeah. things. They're gods. So it makes <laughs> sense that, that fate would also be a god uh, yeah. or three gods. So In this case. In this case, yeah. <laughs> so for both the Greek and and um, in Latin, so in Greek, it's Moira or Moirai. Okay, Moirai. Moirai, if I can say that right. Um, and then Latin, it's uh, parka or parkai. Okay, is the plural. So, it, that's so our word of the of the episode, right? No, oh no, actually. Oh, you have another word. I have another word. So those are actually goddesses. Those aren't words. Those are goddesses. Those are the goddesses. Those okay. are the names of the goddesses. So there are three goddesses who determines humans' destinies. Um, so that mm. it mostly has to do with their lifespan and their allotment of misery and suffering. <laughs> they weren't well, the most positive. Doesn't that sound great? People. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you, I don't like that I'm referring to this, but that's okay. So if you've seen Disney's Hercules, yeah, you remember that it's three, not Heracles, it's Hercules. There's a difference. Okay, well Disney's <laughs> yes, Disney's Hercules. Yeah. How there were like the three old women and they shared an eye. Yeah. That that's kind of the idea. The idea of those of, of those so fate those characters. are considered to be the fates. So they're normally portrayed as three old women um, who spin the thread of human destiny. So there's one that spins a thread, one that dispenses it, and then one that cuts it at the end of a human life. Okay, yeah, and they all have individual names, but I don't think I can pronounce them to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. So Clotho, uh, Lachesis, and Atropus. Okay. Those are the Greek ones. And then there are three Roman ones as well, which is interesting when I was looking into it. They're originally personifications of childbirth, but then they were identified with the Greek fates later on. Whoa. Yeah. That is cool. Mm-hmm. So like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's basically the, the myth kind of perspective yeah. of fate is that it's kind of set out how long you're going to live, mm-hmm. what shit's going to happen to you. Like you can make things better, but at the same point, like it's... Yeah, it's gonna happen, and that's just your lot in life. Well, like there's there's also like stories of um, like where characters will be told their fate, right? And then they try to change the fate because they've been told it, but then it ends up happening because they tried to change it. 
Yes. Like, I'm thinking Oedipus, right? Like, the story of of Oedipus, where the father of Oedipus is told that that, his son's going to kill him. Yeah, yeah. so that's the funny thing. It still happens. Yeah, it'll always still happen. Yeah, Um, it's a proverb, and I think of it from Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) One often changes his destiny on the course he takes to avoid it. So that, you're Uh, right, with Oedipus, they're like, no, I don't, I think we're going to talk about Oedipus with the the trying trying to change your fate does not actually change, it actually makes your fate happen. Yeah, so Um, it's going to happen no matter what whether you yeah. want it to or not but that's very much not the tarot way at all yeah uh so like you know sometimes like especially if someone's never had a tarot reading before like they they are afraid of me telling them what their future is oh, and i'm just like okay. no it's not really like it's not like that like this yeah. is just a possibility first like versus all of the possibilities and as soon as you see the possibility it has a chance of changing but mm-hmm. it's more like this is the path you're on um, and this is like a likely outcome if you stay on this path and don't change anything. Hmm. Um, but of course, knowing the future changes the future. It's kind of a little bit, it's like uh, a little bit like the Schrodinger perspective of the observer changes the experiment by observing it. Mind blown. <laughs> Sorry, as you were saying that, my phone is ringing and it stopped. Okay, okay good, good. It's on silent. It's silent. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. It's on vibrate. That's why I'm like, what's happening? Okay, so let's talk about okay, the lovers. lovers. In the Rider Waite Smith deck, I really like the way it's presented um, because it's presented very much as male versus female. And like, it kind of also talks, of, like, just it, it kind of shows the representations of, um, of what each aspect might represent in. Um, in a in a person, but also in a relationship. Um, so this is, of course, very stereotypical male and female. Um, and you know, please listen to our our episode on the high priestess uh, about what gender means in the tarot, because this is by no means a uh, you know dictation of what you have to be if you are born a certain sex right. <laughs> at all this is this is all about just like the symbols of male and female within the tarot uh okay so you have a man and a woman standing on earth and they're the, naked they're naked <laughs> Sorry, I had to add that. They're, so, they're very naked yeah. <laughs> um Although it doesn't look like the man is uh, ready for being a lover yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go there. (laughs) um, Okay. So you've got the man on the right and the woman on the left. And above them is this angel that is blessing their union. And this enormous sun above them on top of that. Right? Uh, So things that are interesting is that you've got this kind of like fire bush behind the man. Oh, Um, yeah. Which I've always kind of associated a little bit with, like, you know, Mo- Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it bad that I thought that they were, like, maple leaves? <laughs> I didn't realize it was not bad. Fire. No, it's not bad. Like, it, got, it does I kind mean, of look like maple leaves. Like, it could kind of be, like, changing nature. No, but now that um, you, now that you yeah. said fire, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I, I just see it as, a, like, a burning bush um, yeah. and how, like, uh, in biblical terms or, mm-hmm. if you will... Um, that God did present himself to a man, right? And then behind the woman, you've got um, you've got the snake in the tree of knowledge, uh, kind of symbolizing how women 
or in the, the connections term, maybe yeah. between the, the connection between women um, bringing knowledge to to mankind mm-hmm. and also the awareness of being naked <laughs> if you will uh, but it's also interesting that the man is looking at the woman but the woman is looking at the angel and it's kind of showing this idea that like within us we have the female that um, our intuitive is our intuitive uh, qualities and it's the female aspect of us that is actually able to listen to spirit and have this idea of like what to do next whereas um, the male quality is always looking uh, around for like kind of the logical perspective so that's kind of like um, playing to this idea that man the man quality is the mind and the woman is the spirit oh cool or the heart if you will uh, so you've got kind of these two qualities playing together. Uh, but the lovers means a lot more than just gender mm-hmm. and gender stereotypes. Um, so it's not just sex? <laughs> well, it, it is sex. Okay. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of sexual energy involved with the lovers, for sure. <laughs> uh, when it presents itself, it almost always um, represents kind of a sexual relationship. But... It doesn't have to. It can also just mean represent like a really a very good partnership that has a lot of potential, um, and that potential can be both for um, you know a, a wonderful outcome and something that's gonna bring you closer to God and closer to uh, spirit and feel amazing and you know just be such a beneficial aspect of your life. But it can also has that potential for destruction. Uh, it's and there's a lot of power and energy involved uh, with this choice. And uh, when it presents itself as the lovers, you don't really know which one it's going to end up being. Oh, okay. And that is, I think, one of the interesting aspects is mm. that the lovers uh, has a lot of different qualities in it. It's talking about temptation, talks about uh, coming at a crossroads and not really knowing which one's the best way to go. And... Uh, it, it talks mostly about making a good decision um, mm. and a good decision according to tarot is one that is balanced that uses both the spirit and the mind together so both that female and male aspect within ourselves coming together to make good decisions um, that will end up benefiting us and instead of leading to our ruin so it's almost like the union of like the mind body soul connection Yes. In that way? Yeah. So there's a a lot of union, for sure. Um, And, you know, once again, I think with the snake and the apple of the tree of knowledge, it it starts talking a little bit about that um, temptation aspect. And I think it's interesting that it's behind the woman because she's the one that's connected the most to spirit, Mm -hmm. but she's also the one that can be um, most easily led astray. According to Christian mythology. According to Christian mythology. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I had to. Yeah. I had According to, to Christian mythology, although I think Pandora is kind of probably similar. <laughs> like, yeah. Or a little bit. Kind a of. little. Um, yeah, in the sense that she was the one to open. She was curious, so she opened the jar, which mm-hmm. let out all of the suffering and things in the world. But interestingly, it was hope that stayed inside. Aww. Yay, hope. The jar. Does that mean that there is no hope in the world? No, it means that there is hope. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. No, it means there that no is hope. hope. And, like, it's, it was a, it's a pithos. So it's not a box. It's actually a jar. 
but it's kind of in the shape of a womb almost too so it's like hope is within us yeah okay so we've talked about how this card represents a, a choice um and and it can also represent a partnership um it's sometimes a partnership like it's always represents a choice that involves two people at least two people um there's kind of some really old cards that show this card um as representing a man choosing between two women oh okay um so it's kind of like choice between oh who am i going to be with they both seem so like such great potentials right yeah um that's interesting so we'll look at that when we get to odysseus oh because that's one of the that's one of the older representations of mm-hmm. the lovers, but in the Rider Waite Smith deck, um, it's very much just like two two people. Um, and then if I'm going to compare it to the Dragon Tarot deck, it's actually just I th- I thought it was interesting that the Dragon Tarot actually took the spirit almost entirely out of the card um, and just made it very much between two dragons that are like in love with each other mm-hmm. and they're just staring at each other um, only. One of the dragons is hidden in water and the other one is hidden in a forest. So that one, so in this card, it very much brings more the elements into the decision and both of them are kind of a hidden quality to yeah, each other. So it's like a hidden love? Um, it could represent hidden love. Like it, it sometimes does represent uh, the love of choosing between your spouse or having an affair. Okay. Um, and this idea of like temptation and sometimes... When love appears, it might seem like it's this great thing, but it's actually leading to your ruin or your destruct, or it's leading to destruction of your world. Mm-hmm. And it might not necessarily be the healthiest of loves, right? Either uh, there's a lot of different kinds of love. There is, yeah, like you know, love is so <sighs> multifaceted. Multifaceted, yeah. That's that's a great word. Mm. That's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so. That's that's pretty much what I've got to say about the lovers. All right. I, I could probably talk about this for so long. I mean, there's been so many songs and movies oh, yeah. and stories written about love. But uh, which of which of the old stories did you decide to associate with the lovers? So the old story I decided to associate was that of Odysseus and Penelope that we see in the Odyssey. So first I just wanted to say, because at first I was thinking about Ares and Aphrodite, especially mm-hmm. as you were talking near the end there about temptation and that kind and of... Sex. <laughs> and sex. Yeah. And sexual energy. Ares and Aphrodite definitely yeah. represent that that temptation that desire but also the affair because Aphrodite was married to Hephaestus so their love was definitely a love affair um and then the more that I started reading too about the lovers and asking you questions I realized that that's not exactly what I think is like a true representation of the lovers from the tarot we'd probably lose a little bit of the meaning Definitely. So that's yeah. why I thought that the story between Odysseus and Penelope is, is much more complex as well. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it has more of like the multifaceted nature of, of the lover. So this, I don't think I'm going to have time for a bitty round today because <laughs> there's actually quite a lot that I want to say about Odysseus and Penelope and about their story um, okay. because it starts way back before the Trojan War. Um, to the oath, something called the Oath of Tyndareus. So we've heard of Helen of 
Helen of Troy. I've heard, yeah. You've heard. Uh, the face that uh, that yeah. launched a, th- a thousand ships, yeah. is that what it is? That, yeah. That's who she yeah. is. So, <laughs> beautiful girl. She was a princess of Sparta. Mm-hmm. And she got kidnapped once, maybe twice, because <laughs> she's gorgeous. Of course. And so, her father was like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? Like, I have to stop. Like, this can't just keep happening. So, yeah. Marry her off. Well, (laughs) first, yes. But first, Odysseus, because he's very smart. Actually, that's maybe what I should start with, was is the word of the day. Oh, yay. (laughs) So, the word today is matus. So, that's a Greek term that means craftiness, cunning. That's like cunning intelligence and wisdom. So, Odysseus definitely has that. But I Matus? Matus. So, M-E-T-I-S. Okay. It's normally... I was, was going to think mating? <laughs> no. <laughs> not mating. Matus. So it's normally associated with female goddesses, especially like Athena and Gaia. Um, but he has it as well. Okay. Especially because it is his association with um, Athena. But that's just to say that he was crafty because Helen's cousin was Penelope. And he saw Penelope and he's like, damn, like, I really like her and she's really beautiful. I want to be able to get her. So he went to Helen's father, Tyndareus, and said, okay, if you don't want Helen to keep getting kidnapped, you need to marry her, like you said. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do is have everybody else who doesn't marry her swear an oath that they won't take her. And that if she does get stolen or taken, we will help and go after her. Her and bring her back to her husband and he's like damn like that's a really good idea <laughs> and he's like I know <laughs> he's like in exchange I know I, I got Matus <laughs> exactly I got the smarts so but so it was kind of self-serving though because again he didn't want to marry Helen he wanted to marry Penelope which he does do mm-hmm. um, so instead um, Menelaus uh, um, Spark, uh, he sorry he married Helen but then uh, again, with the Trojan War cycle, Paris mm-hmm. takes Helen back to Troy. And so that's why, like, oh, no, she's stolen. So now the Oath of Tendarius gets <laughs> called in and they're like, all right, let's go get her. And so that's what started the Trojan War and why all of the Greeks went to Troy and started the war over Helen. Wow. Yeah. There's more to the story, but I'm going to leave it with that. Okay. Um, so Odysseus so, and Penelope. So Odysseus and Penelope. Yeah. So Trojan War lasts 10 years. So he's gone for 10 years. On his way back takes another 10 years. So the Trojan War story is called the Iliad um, mm-hmm. by Homer. And then also by Homer, the Odyssey, which is Odysseus's return home, which again takes another 10 years. So for 20 years, Penelope is at home waiting, waiting waiting for him to come. And she's not bad looking herself. And not not just that she was beautiful. She's also this princess. She has this, you know, kingdom of Ithaca where they live. And so she she has suitors coming left, right, and center. She's a a hot tamale, yeah. She's a hot commodity. (laughs) I don't like saying that, but she she was. Yeah. And so everyone wanted to to marry her. Exactly, get in on that. She had a son, so she had to be really careful, too, because she didn't want any of the suitors to kill her son. So what she decided to do was to tell them, tell the suitors, okay, I promise I'll marry someone as soon as I'm done creating this death shroud that she had to make for um, Odysseus's father. And they're like, okay, like, 
Make your thing. <laughs> takes 20 years to make the shroud. So during the day, she would make it, and at night, she would go back and undo all of the work that <laughs> she did during the day. Wow. And so this is her form of Matus. Like, she's she's definitely crafty as well. In that sense. <laughs> crafty and uncrafty. <laughs> yes, exactly. Undoing the weave. Uh, um, and so, actually, I think her name means... Oh, I should look this up. I'm pretty sure her name means weaver or weaving. Something to do with weaving. Okay. Um, so, eventually, she's found out. And they're like, hey, like, you need to finish this. And so, she eventually does finish it. She's still able to kind of hold them off a little bit, though. So, while that's happening, again, Odysseus, on his way back, he also falls... I don't know if I want to say falls in love. He gets into situations <laughs> with women um like Circe oh yeah <laughs> well actually then. has a son with him but I, I don't think he knows that at the time um oh, she's no. a witch mm-hmm. and so she, he's with her for a little while um, is that why it takes 10 years that's part of why <laughs> like, it takes 10 years um but then he gets uh, which is funny this kind of that fate aspect mm-hmm. comes into it he's like no like you need to get home there's this problem like you have to get home so he's like okay so he's back on the way home. Mm-hmm. And then he gets eventually shipwrecked and deserted on an island with another goddess, Calypso. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so that, yeah. I think he's on the island for, I want to say, seven years. Like, not a short amount of time. And mm-hmm. he can't escape. He can't escape. He can't leave until, um, I want to say it's Hermes came eventually came down to Calypso. And it's like, okay, like, he needs to get back home. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> Give him the supplies to make a ship so he can go home. Why? So, why didn't he just come like a week after he <laughs> right? shipwrecked? Right, there. seven years. Seven years. So then uh, he eventually gets back home, but he can't just walk into the place and be like, "Yo, I'm back," because there are all these angry, all these suitors that are eating all of his food and want to marry <laughs> his wife. And so, with the help of Athena, he like presents himself as a beggar. Um, and then well, Penelope sees him, but, but they don't, she doesn't know that it's him. Okay. So, well, it's been 20 years and he looks like a beggar now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Athena has changed his appearance enough so that she, even she wouldn't be able to recognize him. Yeah. But then suddenly one night she has this idea that she's going to create a competition. She's like, okay guys, tell the suitors. I will marry one of you, whoever who whoever can complete this challenge. And it was a challenge that, that Odysseus was really good at. Okay. Because basically like lining up, I think it was like 10 axes, and you have to um, shoot a bow in between like the axe heads or something to that effect oh. all the way through. And so they're like, yeah, of course we can do that. And so a bunch of them try doing it. None of them can do it. And then but Odysseus, the-, the beggar, was like, oh, like, can I try it? And they're like, pfft whatever sure yeah yeah like you're whatever like you can't do it and of course he does it because he's odysseus okay and then penelope kind of like pieces out at that point or like just before that point and odysseus reveals himself to be himself kills all the suitors there's like this <laughs> oh why, yeah why would he go through the whole like beggar thing then like ah uh. <laughs> It's a fun he's just story. Gonna, he's just going to kill them all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needed to have, like, supplies and people to help him. Yeah. Because so, yeah. he, he ended up having his son help him. Um, so he kills them all, disposes of them. Dis- <laughs> yeah. It, it's pretty gruesome. You should uh, read it. It's it, cool. It, uh, good times. <laughs> good times. So 
after that's all said and done, they meet each other again. But the reunion is almost bittersweet at the beginning because Odysseus, you know, goes to Penelope and is like, oh, you know, I'm Odysseus. And she's like, ah, are you that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are you like, how can you prove to me that you are? And he's like, like, bitch, like, I just went through all this 20 years and you're not going to believe that it's me. Yeah. And I just got here. And she's like, okay, well, like, let me sleep on it. Like, have our, you know, have our bed come out and, like, you can sleep on our bed at least. Mm-hmm. Like, bring it out of our bedroom. And he's like, what are you talking about? That can't happen. She's like, what do you mean that can't happen? He's like, I crafted our wedding bed out of um, an olive tree that grew in the middle of this house. That's why we built this house the way that we did was mm-hmm. because I made a bed. So it's, like, rooted to the ground. There's no way that anyone can pick it up. And that was her testing him. To see if it was actually him, because only he would know that that he made the he bed. made the bed, he Aww. made the bed, the marriage bed. So she's that was got there. all the matus. She does. <laughs> she's got such matus. She does. I mean, and so does he. But I like yeah. they're so they're a good matus pair. They are. <laughs> they are made for, matus for each other. They're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. So that's the the story. Condensed, I guess, kind of story of Odysseus and Penelope. And to me, I don't know, they're just one of the great couples in mythology. And they kind of have these different aspects of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but also of, like, being deceived so much. Like, both yeah. of them were really deceived. Um, and, like, they had to, like, I think it really talks about, like, needing to have a level head in the lovers. Because mm-hmm. um, that's all actually, like, that's very much in the lovers as well as making the right choices over and over and over again right in order to eventually lead to the right outcome mm-hmm. uh which odysseus had to make like you would think yeah. he's making these awful decisions he's having affairs and whatnot but he did make the eventual decision to go back that's good yeah <laughs> that's good thanks you had your way with all these women for 20 years yeah. and now uh <laughs> and now you're back awesome uh, great yeah Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a nice story though, and I think Penelope is really the hero in this. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just a little bit. No, I'm a little skewed as well. <laughs> I really like Penelope a lot. Like, Damn, and... that's hard to do, Penelope. I I I applaud your patience yeah. and suffering. <laughs> like exactly, like. Not that going to war isn't difficult and coming back wasn't difficult, but yeah, she, like, it was also hard for her. Like, there, she didn't really have much choice in what she could do. I'm sure some of them suitors looked pretty good, too. Probably, right? yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if I would wait 20 years. <laughs> I'm sorry, husband. I love you. <laughs> but if you're, go- if you're off sleeping with other people for 20 years, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she also wouldn't know if he was alive or not, too. Yeah. So that yeah. was... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, she didn't know he was sleeping mm-hmm. with other people. He just, mm-hmm. She just thought he might be dead. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you think after like <laughs> six months, it'd be like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Like, if you're going months. to war, it's going to be some time. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, maybe wait until the war's yeah. over. And then... Well, it's hard because, like, you, you know, they would hear about other people returning home and yeah, all this and stuff. She's and like, she's oh, like, oh, he's still not back yet. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so I guess that is our episode on the lovers it this is. week. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Um, 
Again, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can at mythtarolove at gmail.com. Um, we also have a Facebook group if you'd like to join. I like to post pictures and things on there. Is the Myth Tarot Love podcast on Facebook or social media. I'm at B-I-T-T-Y-D-I-A-N-A. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. What are we talking about next week? Next week we're going to talk about the chariot. Ooh. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. The chariot and Medea. Oh, right. Okay. Or Medea's, or Helios's chariot. Chariot that Medea uses. Yay. <laughs> so we'll talk about the chariot next time. Um, and I would also like to uh, leave us off with uh, kind of some parting words from the American Terror Association. So, you know, the, the lovers have talked a lot about making hard decisions and uh, our parting words for today are some advice on how to deal with these difficult decisions. So it says, look inside and turn to your unconscious for inspiration. Through it, you can access the wisdom needed to make this choice properly and for the good of all involved. Trust the counsel of your inner voice, and once you have made your decision, do not resign it no matter how many, uh, sorry, no matter how much opposition you face. Oh, nice. Like Odysseus. Like Odysseus. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Myth and tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, tarot.